Welcome to This is Type 1, real-life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. I'm Colleen Mitchell, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 25 years. I'm a life coach, fantasy author, and engineer. I'm passionate about type 1 diabetes education and showing others that this disease doesn't define me. Hi, I'm Jesse Tugney, and I've had type 1 diabetes for over 10 years now. I'm currently a student at Montana State and learning more and more about how our world works. My diagnosis has inspired me to take control of my future and learn everything I can about it. Each week on the show, we'll talk about real life with type 1 diabetes, feature members of the type 1 community who are just like you, and above all, encourage you to understand that this disease doesn't have to hold you back. This isn't medical advice. This is life with type 1. Welcome to episode 143 of This is Type 1, real life type 1 diabetes with your hosts, Colleen and Jesse. Today, we're talking with Tanya Furman, the director of the Montana Youth Diabetes Alliance, which is the organization that runs the only summer camp for kids with type 1 diabetes in the state of Montana. Jesse, you have the win this week. All right. So my win this week is pretty interesting. Well, at least for me, it is. So basically, I went to Colorado this like two weekends ago, and um, we played in a rugby tournament. It was playing from 8.30 in the morning to 4.30 in the afternoon on and off all day. So we played about, I think it was either five or six games that day. It was really fun and hardcore and absolutely loved it. I did not go low or high once during the whole day. I was so proud of myself. I ate a bunch of fruit snacks though. Like I'm not going to, I'm not going to say I didn't because I did, but that was just to prevent those lows from happening. I was so happy. I got to play every single minute that I wanted to. And my heart was content. I did get caked in the ribs and my coach took me out one time for that just because I couldn't breathe but like other than that I was fine and the blisters were not a problem at all and then we went from getting second to last place in our tournament before that to fourth place overall so I'm happy I am content <laughs> that's awesome but also I got kicked in the ribs but otherwise I was fine <laughs> otherwise I'm fine I got a good bruise but it's all good <laughs> uh. Like, I, my body hurts for you whenever you talk about the beating you take for rugby. <laughs> I love every second of it. It's a good story to tell my future children or friends or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you love it. That's great. <laughs> for my fail, it's uh, it's been taking me kind of a while to get back to a regular eating plan after getting back from my long road trip. And that's been kind of a combination of not feeling hungry at the normal times, which is kind of weird. And I've also been having some weird sustained uh, afternoon slash evening low blood sugars that I'm trying to tweak my basal to figure out. So we'll we'll, we'll see how that works. Jesse, what's the tip this week? All right. My tip is to find somebody you trust, like a coach, when you're playing a specific sport to hold your pump or your PDM or whatever you have, because it takes such a easement off of your mind of, oh, my pump is in a very space, safe space right now, and it's not going to get stolen, which honestly frees up a lot of brain power when you're playing. So if you can take your mind off out of the energy of worrying, then you should be good to go. So definitely give it to somebody you trust on the sidelines, like your coaches who are going to be there every single event. Or a coach's assistant who you may know also is going to be there and can do that for you. That kind of ties into the topic of the episode, which is the, the diabetes camp, where you have built in trust, trustworthy people to hold all your insulin pumps and CGMs and PDMs while all the kids are off doing fun stuff. And without further ado, 
Here is Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So tell us who you are and the role that diabetes plays in your life. Oh, boy. So my name is Tanya Furman. I have, I'm the president and CEO of Montana Youth Diabetes Alliance. I have lived with type 1 for 27 years. I was diagnosed when I was 10. Just being part of this, being in this role has been absolutely um, a blessing, like I mentioned before. I've been part of camps for a really long time and being able to run things the way that we always hoped we could has been a pretty amazing adventure so far. So tell us the story of your diagnosis and did you know anything about diabetes before then? I did not. So it wasn't really a thing, I guess. There wasn't many kids in our area that had it. Um, I was born and raised in Helena. I went to school in East Helena and there wasn't any other classmates that have or had dealt with it. Um, I was in fifth grade, was always getting in trouble with my teacher for having to go to the bathroom and get up and get water. And, um, you know, I'd get up every morning and my mom bring me cereal. And by the time I was through my bowl of cereal, I was sick. <laughs> so missed half the fifth grade. And my mom was like, well, that'll be the, about enough of that. We're going to take you to the doctor. And couldn't even wait in the waiting room long enough before I was needed to give that urine sample. Cause I'm telling you, I had to go. <laughs> the doctor said, uh, and I probably already know what it is, but we just better wait for some lab results. And sure enough, she was checking my ears and smelt my breath and said, yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain we have a type 1 diabetic here. So kind of a shock to our family and shock to my teacher who actually did come up and to the hospital and see me and apologize. <laughs> that's great that the teacher actually apologized. I don't think I've ever heard of an instance where that's happened. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it just was one of those things that you you didn't know. It wasn't a common thing. And so I actually still have from the fifth grade, all of my cards from my classmates and my teacher when I was diagnosed. So I'm one of those people. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any favorite or least favorite things about type one diabetes? So my favorite thing is definitely the people I've met and get to meet. Definitely. Hands down. The kids I get to see grow up and thrive living with type 1 diabetes is definitely my favorite. Seeing a lot of them come to camp when they're eight years old, and several of them are married with kids now. So I don't consider myself that old, but that makes me feel old. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's definitely my favorite. My least favorite, it's tough. It's frustrating. It's exhausting. It's burdening. But just like anything else, we just got to keep up, keep on about our days and and do the best we can. How do you manage your diabetes with like an insulin pump or on shots? So I actually use um, the pens, insulin pens. Um, I was on a pump for quite a long time. Didn't obviously take care of myself too well with it because I built up a lot of scar tissue. And um, it's expensive. If you don't have insurance, it's near impossible. So I manage it all right on shots. I actually just saw my endo and I have an A1C of 7.2 that I'm not going to complain about for being on <laughs> Perceba and Humalog. So I do rely heavily on my CGM Dexcom. I actually haven't had it for the last two days because I'm waiting for my shipment and I have been completely lost <laughs> without it. 
So, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get being completely reliant on the CGM. Now, if it cuts out for any period of time, like, why are you doing this? <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And you still look at your phone like, what's my blood sugar? It's like, start sensor. I'm like, dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's that, that habit we build just looking at either the pump or the CGM receiver to be like, so what's the blood sugar? And then you realize, oh, wait, no, I have to go test. And then you end up testing like 14 times in a day. Yeah. Well, and it's frustrating. I mean, not frustrating, but it's kind of funny to think about as a type one diabetic, if you're tired, it's not just because you're tired. It's because of your blood sugar or something, you know, like recovering from a low or having a high or something like that. It's, it's not that actually, you're actually tight. <laughs> those, those feelings are always accompanied with type one diabetes somehow or another. It feels like. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Have you found any diet or particular way of eating that helps you manage your blood sugars pretty well? So I would never define any healthy eating as a diet, to be honest. Simply healthy eating, a balanced meal um, is something everybody should do, should do their best at anyways. Uh, Balancing their protein, carbohydrates, fruits, vegetables. I'm one that probably needs to increase my input of green vegetables. (laughs) but. Yeah, I, you know, we, when you, when you have to count your carbs, I, I feel like personally, you tend to really ration out those carbs because you know that you're going to have to take that much more insulin for it. Or, you know, how complex are they? How am I going to have to take more insulin an hour after I eat again because of it's because of the intake of carbs and things like that? So I try and eat lower carb, obviously, but I don't. I don't miss out on cheesy potatoes. (laughs) So what does burnout look like and mean to you? So burnout means that you're dealing with a point in time where you just simply are exhausted. You're dealing with different things in life, ones that are workable to get through, but just simply tiring. And whether that be diabetes or life in general, sometimes we just have to recenter ourselves and Diabetes can spin out of control and you just have to stop yourself and say, hey, what what can I need to go back to the basics and simplify things. And like I said, whether it be diabetes or life. (laughs) What advice do you have to diabetics who feel burnt out a little bit? Huge caps on this one. Reach out. Reach out to family, friends, uh, diabetes families, camp families, your doctor, your endo, your mom, your dad diabetes educators, anyone, because every one of us goes through this, no doubt. But sometimes it doesn't matter what we do. It's not working. Diabetes is frustrating like that. But I say never, never go without reaching out to somebody. And obviously our endos or diabetes educators or camp family and stuff like that, they better understand because they've gone through it too. But inevitably, somebody's going to understand that it's minus the <laughs> Minus the technology and knowing what you know now, what do you wish you or your parents had done differently in the first few years of diagnosis? I Nothing really comes to mind on that one. I am beyond thankful they sent me to camp. I know that for sure. I, I actually am still friends with many kids that I went to camp my first year. Um, it's kind of cool to see them on, on Facebook and stuff like that. But I think my parents did a great job. And I left the hospital taking my own shots and they gave me independence and they didn't hover. They did the parental thing of 
of helping monitor, but, um, you know, I didn't have a Dexcom or, I mean, my, my monitor was huge. <laughs> the amount of blood it took to put on this monitor was huge. I mean, it was ginormous and, you know, different technology, like you said, came out back then and my parents tried it. And if I didn't like it, it didn't work, but definitely camp was let you know that you're not alone. Do you have any like favorite or cherished memories with type one diabetes or some aspect of it that contributed to it? Oh man, every year at camp <laughs> is full of great memories. You know, every year as counselors are together that we've, we've been doing this for 23 years now, we laugh about all these different things and it's now become these inside jokes of all these funny things that have happened. And it just kind of snowballs year after year of, of these great memories. And, you know, I wouldn't have those if I didn't have type one. So I'm thankful. I mean, type one's tough, but I think I got, I think I'm luckier than most. (laughs) What was the journey like to get the Montana Youth Diabetes Alliance established? And how long has it been in, uh, in operation? So for several years, I helped raise sponsorships for kids, just help raise money kind of an extra thing to do to help them get to camp when the American Diabetes Association was in Montana. And I had, I was working at a local credit union there in Whitefish and I had a gal come in and was talking to my office manager about how her son was, or her grandson was diagnosed and she doesn't know what to do or where to go or, and uh, my manager was like, oh, you got to talk to Tanya. You, You know, she'd been doing camps forever. So she came over and she goes, well, you know, I work for a couple other nonprofits here in town. And have you ever thought about starting a nonprofit? And I was like, where do I sign? Where do I sign up? Four days later, she came over to my house and we got on the Montana website and we signed us up. And I actually received our letter in the mail as a Christmas gift on December 24th of 2019, saying that we were officially a 501c3 nonprofit which actually originated as funding families with type one. And then when it really started rolling, COVID hit and camp was canceled. And Mon- and I know, the f- I know all the families and kids in Montana all throughout all these years and the impact that this was going to have. And I didn't know if ADA would come back to Montana. So with, Instead of worrying about it and questioning whether or not it was going to happen, I switched gears and called everybody I knew um, that we had worked with uh, previous years in Montana. Montana's pretty interesting in their independence of um, running camp. And I said, hey, you know, this is the deal. What would you think? I already started this nonprofit. What would you think if we ran with doing our own camp? And everybody gave me a thumbs up. And so I said, all right. And it's been a fast train forward since. <laughs> uh, we had our first strategic planning that February and uh, really established our board with incredible, incredible people, physicians, educators, state people who work for the Department of Public Health and Human Services, people who whose lives have been impacted, like a mother, you know, things like that. And we created this amazing board, very supportive board, very one-on-one with type one for sure. And they have been absolute rock stars. I couldn't do it without them for sure. And then obviously we came up with a medical committee and 
things have been good. Uh, last year, we didn't get to have the camp that we hoped for. We planned for an overnight residential camp. Um, so I had like, and had our facility rented and everything. And COVID swooped in again. And so my medical board or my medical committee stated, you know, they, they didn't feel comfortable moving forward with camp that year. And I said, well, folks, we're not leaving the phone call with all, without an alternative. <laughs> so we sat there for 12, 14 hours, got back on the call. And we said, well, what if we did day camps at our facility, you know, age groups on Mon- certain age groups on Monday, certain age groups on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, we obviously caught some some quack from Billings who would have had a really, really long drive for an eight-hour camp. So we decided that we would take our show on the road. And I had about 10, 15 people from Billings drive all the way over to Flathead Valley. And we had our camp Monday at Flathead, loaded everything up in the trailer, drove to Helena on Wednesday or Tuesday, had a day camp in Helena Wednesday, got on the road again the next day, drove to Billings and had a day camp in Billings on Friday. And so we did not have the 90 kids we were hoping, but we got 60 out of three day camps, which I thought was pretty successful for never doing this before. never running a camp and all of a sudden yeah we were gypsies (laughs) i'm impressed that you did a mobile camp the first year that it actually ran (laughs) me too me too and i uh i give huge huge kudos to my dietitian who (laughs) probably had the worst of it all because she had to arrange for three meals and a snack at every one of these venues Yeah, that was pretty interesting. (laughs) So when and where is camp going to be held this year? Well, fingers crossed, we will be hosting or right now we are um, planning to host our overnight residential camp uh, Monday through Friday, August 15th through the 19th at Flyhead Lutheran Bible Camp um, in Lakeside, Montana. Beautiful facility. Great people. They're super excited to have us. They were they were bummed last year, but they did get us for one day, for two days, and they were incredible. So we're ready. We're fingers crossed for this year. <laughs> if you had to pick just one thing, what's your favorite part about Diabetes Camp? Watching the kids grow up, watching them come back year after year after year, um, and then come back as counselors. The experience is always different, you know, from a camper to a counselor and definitely just seeing their how excited they are that they're somewhere where, you know, everything's quote unquote normal for them. Hearing how much of an impact camp has on their life, asking their favorite, what their favorite part about camp is. Usually their answers aren't typically what you would think like, oh, I love swimming. For example, I had this girl, Lily, last year. And I said, what is your favorite thing about camp? And she goes, I am so happy. I don't have to carry around my diabetes bag. And I was like, it's simple things like that. That's awesome. So Jesse was my count, my, uh, first she was my camper. Then she became my CIT and now she's my podcast co-host. That was basically the whole progression is watching her grow up from eight year old into now eight, 19 year old. So it's like this really cool watching kids grow up. I totally agree with you. That is one of the best parts. Yeah. 
My one and only shot of glucagon I ever had to give at a camp. He just had a baby last week. So, I mean, okay. he didn't have a baby. His girlfriend had a baby. But <laughs> all the same. Holy smokes. Yeah, they grow up fast. Oh, yeah, they yeah. do. Wow. And he was so little, I didn't even know where the heck to give him a shot because he was just just a little guy, you know? Well, no kids for me yet. It's just, I'm going to put that <laughs> out there right now. Um. Sure. All in time. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But just give me some time to figure that one out. <laughs> but if listeners wanted to support your camp out here in Montana, where and how can they do that? So we just brought on um, one of the most amazing marketing guys to our team. He is a father of a type 1 diabetic kid. And he recreated our whole entire website, which is www.mydiabetesalliance.org. And it's easily navigational. Uh, you can, there's camp information on there. Obviously, it's definitely being updated daily um, with different things as we progress with the different NPIs or non-pharmaceutical interventions for camp and things like that. But yeah, we're looking at it every day and making sure things are up to date. And there's even a countdown on there. <laughs> Is that the same place people can go if they want to send their type 1 kids to camp? Yep. So you can register there. People can donate there. There we take, I think you set it up for all uh, major credit cards, PayPal. And there's a PO box there if anybody wanted to mail a check. But camp registration will open May 1st for all in-state kiddos. And then, you know, we've had a lot of followers, I guess, and people checking on our website that are from outside of Montana, actually. And so we will open up to out-of-state kids June 20th. And the reason for that, again, is, you know, camp is something we want any child and every child to have access to attend. Our mission simply, I mean, our mission states that Montana Youth Diabetes Alliance is, is situated for kids and families in Montana, but we don't want to limit that to camp, to our camp event. So. Uh, we are opening um, the out-of-state registration a little bit later than the in-state registration, but all applicants will still be considered. And there's a bus schedule and a packing schedule and kind of an event, you know, activities at camp. We have swimming and we have a dance and we have arts and crafts. Um, the camp actually offers pottery, which is pretty cool as a camp activity, you know, and depending on how how the NPIs go again different activities that we'll be able to do as a group or as your camp, quote unquote, pod family. So how fun. We didn't do a group dance. We should plan something like that. That sounds fun. <laughs> the dance is always our favorite. Um, we're going to kind of roll with last year's theme since we didn't get to do it last year. So we were doing our space theme oh. for, for camp and then, or for the dance. And then we try and let the older kids have an hour after the dance for more of the older kids stuff. And so we have a stargazing app uh, for the younger kids so we can find astrologies and stars. How fun. All right. Yeah. So what advice do you have for the young diabetics out there? Oh man, I can see if I can do this without crying. Don't give up. <laughs> All caps. Don't give up. I've always told my campers, diabetes is tough. Um, it's a battle. You'll never win, but it is a battle worth fighting. You can do 
the same thing every single day, same water intake, same food, same weather, same exercise, same clothes, same anything, and you will have a different outcome every day. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, by all means, um, you can, de- it's manageable. Uh, you can live with type one, you can live healthy with type one. Just accept that it's not easy. And the other thing is, is definitely you're the only one who's going to take care of you. You have your mom or your dad or your brother or sister or roommate or significant other, but inevitably take care of you. You are responsible for you. And if you can do that, then you're set. You got it. (laughs) You're on your way to a successful life with type 1 diabetes. That's great advice. If our listeners want to connect with you, where can people find you in particular online? So you can find, you can actually find me at the little chat box on our website. So if you go to that www.mydiabetesalliance.org, um, there's a chat and that comes directly to me or my email is mama T camp MT. That's my nickname that my kids gave me was mama T. That's M O M M A T C A M P M T at gmail.com. And then we will also be adding some general emails to our website that'll send emails to both me and marketing or me and fundraising or me and um, the out-of-pocket assistance. That's another part of Mida's mission is to help with out-of-pocket expenses associated with type one management supplies. So anybody out there that needs help with Dexcoms, pump supplies, insulin, anything like that, um, we say don't go without reach out. So We're here to help however we can and resource any information we have and assistance programs and get you to the people that can can help. That's awesome. All right. We will link to everything in the show notes. And Tonya, Tonya, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been great. Thank you. you. I really appreciate you guys having me. All right. Our question for you guys this week is how are you going to support the Montana Youth Diabetes Alliance? What are you going to do? Look them up, support with donations, just what, what are you going to do? <laughs> or if you're not in Montana and have no interest in supporting the Montana Alliance, look up all of the diabetes camps that are in your state and consider how can you support all of the local things that are going on to support diabetes in your area. That is it for this episode of This is Type 1. Thank you so much to Tanya for coming on as a guest to the show. You can reach Tanya through the chat box on the MyDA website or by sending her an email at mamatcampmt at gmail.com. And the links to those will be in the show notes. You can find the show notes at inspiredforward.com slash episode 143. That's the number 143. Apply to be a guest by visiting thisistype1.com. Our music is by Joseph McDade. Do you want to exit the emotional roller coaster of type 1 diabetes without worrying about lowering your A1C or changing how you eat or any of those other things that you have to do to manage your blood sugars? You don't have to live in a constant state of struggle with your emotions around type 1 diabetes. If you're interested, send me a message to learn more. I'm on all social media as at Inspired Forward, and our email is Colleen at InspiredForward.com. Guess what? We're on Instagram. If you look up this is type one pod, that's the number one, our Instagram pops up. Isn't that crazy? I'm also on Instagram as at JJ underscore crystal K-A-T. So if you want to send me a message, feel free to just make sure you mention your listener of the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to listen next week for another episode about real life with type one diabetes. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. 
If you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.